everybody. How are you today? Kyle Healy, Humans Resource, special episode today. We are we are going to break out of our normal format and do something a little bit different. I'm joined today by colleagues of mine, Sarah Beth and Doreen, both work with me at NFP. And we thought it would be a great idea to kind of get them on here and have a conversation with them. They were behind a recent webinar that we put on for clients, as well as the development of a, a pretty special toolkit. Um, just last week, the FBI, actually, I'm going to read this here, issued a rare public safety alert, warning of an alarming increase in sextortion cases, specifically targeting children and teens. So we're here to talk about that and talk about how employers, HR professionals, people leaders can equip their employees to try to get out ahead of uh, what is becoming a, a rapidly increasing and very dangerous situation out there. Before we do get into the conversation, though, Sarah Beth Doreen, why don't you why don't you say hi and uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Sure. You go ahead, Sarah Beth. <laughs> <laughs> so excited this morning. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, excited to be here, Sarah Beth. I'm a well-being and engagement consultant, like you said, for NFP, and well-being can mean so many different things to different people that we find that that really starts to bleed into a lot of different areas of people's lives, both their work lives and their lives at home. And so this latest topic is just one of the things that has sort of blossomed under that umbrella. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Doreen, how about you? Yeah. Doreen Davis and I, um, I work alongside Sarah Beth uh, for our Atlantic region, leading our well-being and engagement efforts. And so I come into the story here with an HR background initially, spent about 20 years in HR, and then the last 10 leading well-being, just really hoping to work with clients and help them to help their employees. Because as an HR person, I know that that can be a pretty difficult task at times. So that's kind of where we're coming from. And yeah, this incidence that we're talking about is just, it's Timely, unfortunately, and with the FBI coming out just this week on the heels of our, as you said, of our panel discussion, we certainly were affirmed that we were doing the right thing. (laughs) Indeed. What trendsetters we are. Yeah. So thank you. I'm glad you guys are here. Thanks for taking the time. What I would like to start with is can you explain to everyone, how did we get here? Right? Because it's certainly, you know, cyber awareness and cybersecurity is definitely a big thing, but this is in that that arena, but not exactly like it, right? We've got a whole cyber insurance and cyber liability liability team. You're both HR people. How did we get here? What was the catalyst for the webinar, the toolkit, this conversation? How did it all start? Can you kind of take us back and give us the story behind where this all came from? It's exactly what you would expect, Kyle. So much like I think our audience may have already experienced or may be about to experience, especially with the release of this article, we had an employee who had a personal experience with, unfortunately, financial sextortion. And she came to her employer looking for help, looking for support. She was trying to find her village anywhere that she could find it. And we found ourselves a little bit on the reactive side of that. We certainly were sort of rolling our sleeves up and finding any and every way that we could support her. But we did find ourselves reacting to the situation and it instigated a catalyst for us to create proactive resources so that this doesn't happen to somebody else. You know, if an employee comes to you with this issue we're putting together things that you can go to so you have a place to go. 
it's not something that's scripted. There's no one answer to this. And it's okay to not have all the answers. But the purpose for us was to just start the conversation. That's what I was going to ask. And maybe Doreen, you can touch on this one or Sarah Beth, right? Like, this doesn't seem like something HR people are, are usually prepared for. I know that the range and the gambit of issues and problems that employees will go to HR people with is innumerable, right? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, as somebody who's worked with HR people, as HR people yourself, you know, you're like, hey, I've heard some crazy stuff, right? What was your initial thought, right? Like, how did you all go about trying to pull resources together? Because I have yeah. to imagine this is not something that you all had heard before. Yeah, that's definitely true. And there was no go-to place for something like this. So we did what probably a lot of other HR people would find themselves doing. We Googled <laughs> to find what was out there. Um, like the Jujul machine. Exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing we did right away, so we got the call and really that was this person who was affected. She found some resources, like Sarah Beth said, she initially went to some folks at NFP that she was super close with and they gave her some good advice and they got the problem handled relatively quickly, not without the trauma that it led to for their child, but and they're fine today, but it was really traumatic. So she came and just said, this was horrible to go through and I didn't know what to do. What resources do we have? So we Googled a little bit just to get ourselves a little bit more aware about what's out there. But we also checked in with our EAP, grabbed resources from there. So there was a little bit there that the was somewhat helpful. Utilized EAP comes riding mm-hmm. into the rescue. That's awesome. I don't know about rescue, but it was at least a good source of some initial information. And I think that's a good starting point for just about any issue you might come across as an HR person. Go there first. We're all either paying for them or we have these at our, re- at our disposal. So start there. But we realized pretty quickly a couple of things. One, the information was not readily available. We really didn't know how to respond and react to the situation in a way that was yeah. useful. And then two, we knew that we had an opportunity to do better. And so what could we do as an organization to help others be more aware about this issue? Because it's really primarily awareness that so we're hopefully preventing some of these incidents from occurring and helping parents educate their own kids and families. But then when something does happen that maybe was not in your control or just you know, something happens that the awareness didn't prevent it, then we have some resources to respond in a way that's a little bit more effective. And I'll be honest, this was obviously not something that had ever been on my radar prior to this. It was an issue I was aware of, but it seemed very distant, right? It seemed like something that happened to other people. For it to happen to someone that was that close to me was very eye-opening, And when Doreen came to me and asked me to lead this project for the uh, sort of cyber awareness campaign that we've created with the toolkit and the panel and other resources, it was a little scary. It was a little daunting because I kind of thought, well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a cyber expert. Yeah, I don't know where to start. But I think that's the point is we have to start. And this article is just more proof of that. It is, like I said, that catalyst that's hopefully going to start this conversation, even if we don't have all the answers, even if we don't know exactly how the script needs to go, just letting your employees know that you care, that this is on your radar, that you are collecting resources for them, or that you are someone that they can come to if something happens um, is a great place to start. So speaking of answers and awareness, maybe let's go back to the beginning. What is sextortion? Okay. Can someone tell me what this is, what it looks like out there, maybe what it looked like in the situation we dealt with? And then 
What is the toolkit we put together? Where does it start? What kind of resources do we point to? I know you were just talking about how we, we kind of had to pull this together. We were Googling, we were reaching out to relationships, but what does the end result look like? What's in there and why? So people kind of are familiar with the toolkit, understand what it is we're providing in terms of the toolkit. But I do, first things first, what is sextortion? Yeah, maybe we need to rewind a little bit because <laughs> we kind of asked ourselves the same thing. What are we dealing with here? To me, the number one first off the bat answer is it's a crime. So it needs to be reported. We're talking about an article that's listing about 3,000 cases. Those are the ones they know of. Those are the ones that have been reported. And a lot of people don't come forward or don't even know how to come forward when something like this happens. More specifically, it's the exploitation of anyone, but it seems to be targeted towards young teens, specifically young boys, which is interesting and not usually a victim on our radar. And they will use, they will coerce them to send explicit or embarrassing images, or they will create them themselves, which was the situation for That's our employee. Very scary. scary. Part, right? And then they will use that as leverage for some kind of gain, typically financial. And according to the article, you'll see that a lot of times, even if you cooperate with their demands, they're sending the image anyway, or they're going to ask for more. There's really no uh, one way out of it, which is, again, what's so scary. So Doreen, Doreen, do you want to talk a little bit about the toolkit? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. And so the toolkit is really designed to do a couple primary things. And the main one that we've already touched on is to raise awareness, right? So it's really about educating folks that sextortion is a thing and this is what it can look like. These are the different forms it can take and the things that we as parents and families need to do to help to raise awareness for our, our own teens, right? And our, even children, it's even sometimes younger than teens. And so the first part is awareness. And then the second part is reacting. So, okay, something happens, then what do you do? How do you respond? Who do you go to? What actions can you take and should you take to mitigate what's happening and mitigate the negative consequences? And that's really what it's all about. So it's a just a very clear-cut resource for folks to look at and immediately say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we're hoping that it gets out there. And that's why we're really grateful to you, Kyle, for having the podcast too, to continue to get the word out there. I was speaking to the person internally who this happened to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to that end, right, like this is... The toolkit is for individuals, like you just pointed out, Doreen, Mm -hmm. right? But here you are. This is why we thought this was a good topic to cover here, because you are internal wellness and HR people. Where did our individual go for answers? You all. And so, I mean, that was our angle or our perspective a little bit on this too, right? Right, Sarah Beth? It's kind of like, hey, listen, it might not ever happen to you. It might not ever happen to one of your employees, but this is going to become a bigger problem for your employees and good employers want to help their employees solve, fix, tackle their biggest problems, right? So why not equip them? Why not make them aware? Why not try to give them the same resources we had to kind of go scrambling for, right? Like that's where we think the HR person comes in here. Is that right? Exactly. And don't wait until it happens. Even if it's not an issue, I hope it never is. I hope no one listening to this ever has to go through what our employee experienced and her family. But 
even just sharing these resources and letting your employees know that you're ahead of the curve on this topic and that you it's something that you are offering to them is letting them know that you care about them, even if they never have to use it. Or they might know somebody. They may have a friend or a neighbor or somebody who uh, benefit from this. So it's really, there's no limit to the reach. And That's a great point. Yeah, I was just going to add on to that, that one of the things that was interesting as we got the word out and started communicating the panel seminar that was coming up, and even afterward, so many people asked, hey, can we share this with our family and friends, neighbors, et cetera? And of course, the answer was yes, please do. The further the reach can go, the better. You know, Kyle, you also asked about sort of the HR piece of this and why we're doing this podcast now for HR folks. And I think that one of the things to recognize, we talked about the EAP and we talked about it's being underutilized. We need to, as HR folks, make sure that we're getting the word out about these resources, making them accessible and communicating them often, literally all throughout the year, because employees are tend to just ignore some of the messages that we're sending as HR folks until they need it, right? And we don't know when that's going to happen. So the more you communicate it, the more likely you are to hit somebody in that moment when they actually need that resource and then can remember it's there and go ahead and access it. The other piece I think that's really key for us as HR folks is to create, and Sarah Beth just touched on this, create that supportive environment and that safe space. So you hear a lot about employee resource groups. I cannot emphasize how important I think these are. These can touch all aspects of folks, whatever they might be, whether it's a parenting group or a women's group or Mm -hmm. any other group that brings folks together in a safe space. Those are fantastic forums for sharing information like this. So if you have a parents group, put the toolkit in front of that parents group. It shouldn't be just HR trying to communicate the messages. The more folks are internally sharing with each other, the more those messages will be heard and responded to when they need them. Yeah, that's a good point, Tarina, right? The HR folks are the catalyst, the spearhead, the first step. Yes. Getting it beyond and out there creating kind of apostles, if you will, who'll go out and kind of spread the word, spread the message is super important as well. What other things can HR people do, right? So we we recorded our panel, right? Mm-hmm. So we've posted the panel, which was a great discussion. Can you give us maybe some quick, either Doreen or Sarah, about quick takeaways from the panel, who was on it, what they talked about, some high-level pullaways from that? And we'll certainly, as part of the podcast, we'll have the link. People can find the link in the description to get to that panel. But what did we learn there, right? Because the panel was all about education, awareness. What did we take out of that? What kind of little snippets, you know, tidbits can we give uh, to the audience around what came out of that panel? Sure. So the biggest takeaway for me was the panel was sort of a mini representation of the village that we're talking about. So through this process, as we were creating the toolkit, as we were collecting these resources, because like Doreen said, we started on Google And it was a little overwhelming. There is a lot out there, but it's hard to really sift through all of it and make sense of it. So that was how the toolkit came about. It was a collection of those resources to help make sense of all of that. And then we felt like it needed to, it warranted a conversation. And so we took representatives of a person's village, for example, their school, a mental health professional or a mental health counselor a cybersecurity expert slash your IT department, we hope. (laughs) Law enforcement. You know, there's so many different parts of the community that are touched by this issue and that can get involved. So it's not just you. It's not just HR. 
but you can serve as sort of the launching point to help people connect to their village. And that, to me, was what the panel represented. So it was a really dynamic conversation. We touched on all kinds of different things. This started with a sextortion case, but we broadened it to a wider topic of cyberbullying and cyber awareness and activity as a whole, which can be really scary to talk about. But we had some very brave people on the line, and it was just a really powerful conversation. I think one of the big takeaways was the connection to mental health, which we certainly can't ignore, and the way that this is affecting families. Yeah, I know. Maybe you can touch on that for a second, too, because that's something we talked about in sort of our pre-interview, our pre-discussion, right? Is like how closely related this all is with regard to mental health, with regard right. to the kind of stress and shame and all of those things that kind of impact the child, the employee directly or the employee because they're worried about the child, right? Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's all such a weird overlapping kind of crazy Venn diagram, right? Yeah, I'll touch on that briefly. I think with regards to that that piece of it, that was, I think, why it became so quickly important for us to do something and to make these resources available and to have that conversation. You know, our own example internally of the pre- people who were affected, when you listen to her describe the story, it is yeah. abundantly clear that this was not just a quick like, oh, gosh, that was really tough. You know, glad no. that's over. No, this no. was really dangerously scary for what happened to their son and what he experienced. And when you read more about it, what we learned is that, sadly, there have been many incidents of suicide as a result of these types of sextortion cases, where these teens literally feel like their world is crumbling and they have no other way to recover from this. And the shame, as you mentioned, all of that. So the importance of this can't be overstated. So when you look at it from the mental health standpoint, we talked about the EAP not just for training and resources, but the counseling, the actual therapy. The impact of this, the trauma needs to be addressed and help to recover from that trauma, whether it's the teen or the parents or ideally the entire family should go through some counseling. So making those resources available is key. And then when you think about it from the standpoint of well-being and sort of our world that we're in, employees, you know, come to work or sit at home and do their work now, whatever the case may be. Come to work. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right. You know, walk into their office downstairs and, you know, they're expected to work. Well, imagine going through something like this, even if it's a week later, and being able to concentrate, being able to focus on your work and be your best self. It's just not quite possible right away. So you have to support employees and meet them where they are with that mental health support. And just with, like Sarah Beth said, showing employees you care about them. So where are they right now? What resources do they need to feel and be supported? And how can we be there for you? So I think recognizing that is just crucial. And we talk a lot these days about retaining our workforce and our top talent and the fight for talent. Employees want to know that they are supported that they are recognized as human beings, and they will stay with your organization if they feel supported in that manner, much more than an organization that they don't feel that same support or don't feel it's a safe space to be themselves and acknowledge where they might be in struggling. The mental health aspect is so key. I think that's the scariest part, right? Now. It is. The and- part for me, the stress uh, yeah. in her voice, as she, right. you know, she was telling me about, like, that's the toughest part. What were you going to say, Sarah Beth? You want to jump in there? Well, I, it's also important to recognize that while we're talking about a, a very real and very dramatic example, not over-dramatized by any means, as we've seen with the article, it's more common than we might think. 
but this does not have to actually happen to affect your mental health. It could be something keeping you up at night before it even happens. It could just be a fear that your employees have, the something worry, that they're the nervous about. That this could happen. Yes. Sure. Yes. Especially with the release of this article. So it's extremely timely. Another thing that came out of the panel was the response. The amount of people that came to us and said and responded to the content, said how relevant it was, asked if they could share it with a friend. So this is clearly something that is on your employees' minds right now. Sarah Beth, we did a poll um, during that seminar, and I'm trying to remember the percent of participants that had either personally experienced something like this or knew of Mm -hmm. someone. I think it was about 45%. Does that sound right? Yes, that's what I was thinking. It It was in the mid 40s of people who had a connection to a situation like this or had experienced it themselves. And that was of roughly 800 on the call. So clearly, this is important. They're thinking about it. So letting them know that you're thinking about it, too, can really go a long way and resonate with them. Yeah, it's not even just about providing the resource and awareness. It's just the extension of what all of us as HR, HR people, people leaders, right, benefits professionals are trying to do anyway, which is provide value to our employees beyond the cash compensation we give them, help them with their biggest problems. Right? This is clearly a big problem. Uh, at least the FBI thinks it is. And I don't know. They seem to know what they're talking about when it comes to big problems. So what's what's next? I'm an HR person. I'm listening to this. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go check out the toolkit. But what else? Right. Like, so how do I turn my awareness of this issue into guidance, into resource, into something tangible for my workforce, for my people? What do I do now? I would say maybe the first thing would be to Take advantage of these resources we've built, please. Take this toolkit, make it accessible that's right. to they're, they're free, right? Like, oh yeah. Th- I think I, we're burying the headline a little bit. This is just out there, public <laughs> knowledge, free. Vet, like, please, yeah. go get it. Take it and share it as yeah. many times as you want to. So make this available to your employees. Put it on whatever vehicle you have to communicate things with employees. Make it accessible and communicate it often. Also, share the recording. The recording is powerful, as Sarah Beth said. It was an excellent panel. And so you can email that out to your employees. You can share it with that employee resource group if you have that. You can host a watch party, bring folks in in the office, do over lunch and show the panel. It's an hour long and bring folks together in that environment. Resource group. Yes. Have them talk about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's just use it however you can, but share it and make it accessible and encourage those folks to share it with other people that they know as well. I think that's a great starting point. Sarah Beth, you want to take the next one? Yeah, I think the next step after that is to build your village. So it could be the EAP. It could be employee resource groups for parents. It could be local schools. Get local schools involved. Get local law enforcement involved. Get local mental health professionals involved. Find ways to bring them into the conversation. Maybe you have an employee who serves as a parent liaison or serves on their PTA that could head up some of this for you, since we certainly don't want to pile more onto your plates. Uh, But build that village and, and let your employees know that these people are there to support and For me, the biggest takeaway, if you don't walk away with anything else, I want people to have the courage to start the conversation. Don't be afraid to just put it out there. You don't have all the answers. None of us do because this is a, a fairly new uncharted territory, if you will. Something that we are, again, feeling reactive towards trying to build proactive resources for. 
But don't be afraid to just start the conversation, even if you don't have all the answers. And the last thing I'll say with regards to this is, remember, from a mental health standpoint, we really are trying to destigmatize mental health Mm -hmm. issues in general. And this is the same. This goes along that with that as well. Because we don't know a lot about cyber bullying and cyber and sextortion, this is all a little bit new, as we've said, there might be a tendency to perhaps judge or make some assumptions about people that are involved in these types of incidents. And I think that they're really important to say judgment-free zone. First of all, you don't know. None of us know. And, you know, it's very easy to maybe even from a protection standpoint to say, well, that would never happen to my kid or my child. But the issue is it can happen to anyone. And even if somebody makes a poor decision and ends up in a difficult situation like this, like we've described, they're still the victim and there should be no judgment about what happened to that person, regardless of whether they shouldn't have sent a picture. So we really need to protect our kids in this regard. And that shame that's involved is really the dangerous part. So if we can help to take that out, even for the parents that are involved, so they feel comfortable coming forward, going to that village that Sarah Best described, I think that's super important. Absolutely. The testimony that started all of this started with a son who did not want to, he was trying to hide it. And that's how his parents caught on that something was wrong. So just as we advise parents to encourage their kids to come to them and and to create that safe two-way conversation, HR leaders can encourage their employees to come to them and to know that it's a safe judgment freeze. And that's a good point, Doreen. It cascades. It's all connected. Listen, so clearly a big deal. Sarah Beth, Doreen, thanks for doing this today. Thanks for pulling this all together so quickly. It was just we had our panel, then the, the FBI made their release. There's a giant news dump. Every major news about the Washington Post, CNBC, NBC News, everybody was writing articles about this. So it just seems like it is really becoming a big, big problem. And that's exactly the kind of stuff we should get out in front of, give the resources necessary to our HR people so they can support employees if this is a problem. And sorry about your point, before it becomes a problem. So thank you for pulling this all together. Thank you for putting it out there. Thank you for joining me and having the conversation again. I really appreciate it. We are sitting here recording this on Christmas Eve Eve. So, you know, <laughs> making, making time. Sarah Beth, Sarah Beth is in a winter storm, a polar vortex uh, with, with no power in a hospital doing this. Doreen has like a, a 19 person family and 18 dogs. It's 18 dogs. <laughs> 18 dogs might as well be. Time to, yeah, might as well be. So, just, uh, I mean, that's how important of an issue this is. And so thanks so much to the both of you for continuing to talk about it, put it out there and agreeing to do this on such short notice. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. I'm sure our audience appreciates it. If you need more information, you can always go to www.nfp.com. You can find me, Kyle Healy, on LinkedIn. I know Sarah Beth and Doreen are on LinkedIn as well. Reach out, ask questions. Please do not be afraid to contact any of us for more information on this topic or any other topic that you might be thinking about. Uh, Have a happy holidays, a happy new year. Thank you again to Sarah Beth and Doreen, and we will see you next time.